Taylor, and welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Les Murray, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Jamie Erickson to talk about fostering sibling connections. She shared some really insightful thoughts, both from scripture as well as from her practical experience that I know will be helpful for you and your family. There is absolutely no better time than the present to start fostering or strengthening those connections. I'm so glad you're here. So let's dive right into my conversation with Jamie right now. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Homeschooling Families podcast. Today, I am really excited to have Jamie Erickson from the Unlikely Homeschool with us. Jamie and I um, have actually served together at Teach Them Diligently before. She's one of those people that um, from the first time that I talked to her, actually before Teach Them Diligently, we recorded a video together for our membership side. I just knew immediately that our hearts and our minds were very, very similar, and, and she's just been a a blessing to be around, a blessing to follow. So Jamie, welcome to the podcast today. It's so great to be here, Leslie. And I echo what you just said. I so appreciate you and your ministry. And I feel like we're kindred spirits. Yeah, there, there are no question. The Lord is so sweet to to allow us to meet people from all over the place that we can just fellowship with and um, just enjoy being brothers and sisters in Christ. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we were talking before we started recording and, um, you know, just really discussing siblings in particular, which is what we kind of wanted to focus on today. But, um, you know, as we were talking about how important these relationships are and how, you know, now that we're down the road a little bit, we can see the impact that fostering these strong sibling relationships have in our own families. I, I would really love to to have you set that up for us a little bit, first of all, by telling us a little bit about your family um, so that there'll be some context for it, but then giving us some insight as to why you believe that fostering these connections among the siblings within your home uh, has been so impactful and beneficial for your family. Sure. Well, I have been married to my college sweetheart going on 19 years. It'll be 19 um, in January. And we have five kids. The oldest is 16 and she is a senior. She's actually doing dual enrollment with a Christian university online this year. And um, so she's our oldest on down to my youngest. He's eight and in third grade. And we are second generation homeschoolers. So that adds an interesting dynamic to just our journey. And I'm really excited to chat with you about sibling connections because I think that's that that is something that our culture is really lacking. You know, there's a devalue of home and family in our culture today. And I think that as as Christian parents, we need to look to the model that Jesus set in front of us and that some of the early church um, fathers set in front of us. And I don't think it's by accident that when God sent his son to this earth to take on flesh, he put him in a family. Hmm. He put him in a home with a mother and a father and brothers and probably sisters um, because that there, there were some things that uh, the dynamics of sibling relationships could cultivate and nurture in the life of Christ and and mm-hmm. would allow him to step into the pain of all humanity in a way that he maybe wouldn't have been able to had he not taken on that 
warm, a, a servant man in a home with siblings. That is so true. And I think that's something that we just leap over. We don't stop to think about the fact, even though the, you know, the Bible talks about his brothers, mm-hmm. um, you know, we still, we don't stop and think, oh, wait, that means they grew up together. That means that they were, they were little kids together. Um, and the other thing that as you were talking, I thought the, the culture is attacking families so much, but we generally look at that as in marriages or the, the parent-child relationship. And I think that we all very much underplay the impact that this battle on families is having among siblings in those sibling relationships. Right. Because if you think about it, the very first introduction to relationships that a child has, you know, when you bring that fresh newborn home from the hospital, the first introduction to how to operate amongst other people is not just mom and dad, but it's also the siblings that are there. It is by design that God has ordained birth order. So while we can sit here and feel bad as moms that, oh, my my last born child maybe isn't getting the same home education experience that my firstborn did, or maybe I, I have some guilt about putting so much pressure in the homeschool on my firstborn, you know, all of those things are God designed. And so there's certain things that a child with siblings is meant to learn. And those siblings are part of the refiner's fire in God's um, working in their life that they wouldn't get if they didn't have those siblings and those connections. I think too, you know, sibling connections are really the first stepping stone to broader relational connections. You know, if you can get along with a sibling, if you can learn the basics of um, relational restoration, you know, forgiveness, apologies, Mm -hmm. those very basic relational skills, if you can learn those with your siblings, you'll be so much more apt and ready to be able to extend those to, say, a college roommate or a spouse or children of your own someday. This is sort of the training ground for our children. And if we dismiss the importance of these sibling connections, we're really setting them up for future failure in relationships. That's so true. We have, um, this has always been a really, really big deal in our house. Um, and as, as you were talking about the fact that this is kind of where they learn how to, how to have those relationships, you know, in, um, with other people, I, my mind immediately went to when we first brought our second son home, our oldest was two years old. And one of the first things that he did was try to share his toy with his brother by throwing a Mr. Potato Head into the bassinet. Um, and he had to learn quickly how to appropriately share, um, you know, and so even from that first moment, you see them interacting as babies. They were both babies. Um, but, but just learning to get along, learning to interact with one another. Um, and, and the cool thing is that, that they have always had each other. Mm-hmm. And if you're really intentional in, in, in focusing on and, and building those relationships and making them important and making your kids know that they're important, that really pays off in the long run too. So, so how, how have you seen, you know, just kind of starting when they're young, how does that play out into this fostering um, their, their connections among siblings? 
Well, I can say I experienced that very same sharing incident with my oldest, too. When I brought my son home from the hospital, his older sister wanted to play ball with him and proceeded to throw a ball right at his face. But that's yep. where she started. You know, At less than two years old, she had no frame of reference for what it right. looked like to play with a sibling. And so we have to remember that, that these sibling connections will not just happen automatically. We are, are fallen people living in an infallen world, living in a fallen world. Our children are too. So we can't just assume that they're always going to get along right out of the gate and know how to interact. But that's why this is such a training ground. We have to model that and teach it. So I think to answer your question, some of the things that I think are important to do right, you know, in those early years, one, definitely model and and definitely know in your mind, this, this is the planting season, this isn't necessarily the harvest season. So you're going to have to dig in and do the deep work of fostering those connections and know that, you know, every day isn't going to tie up in a pretty bow between siblings. Um, I think, too, there has to be some pretty hard and fast guidelines within a home that your sibling is important. And right. while you can have other relationships outside of the home, that brother or sister's the relationship you have with that brother or sister really comes first. I see too often, you know, kids will come over to my house to play. And I don't know if you've experienced this, Leslie, but I've I've had my friend's children come, my children's friends come over to our house and it's almost like they're trying to pit sibling against sibling. Mm. Has that ever happened to you or in your home? It has, yes, especially when they were a little bit younger. Yeah, and it, that just has to be established with your children that that's not okay in our home. We just had an incident very recently where that kind of, we began to see inklings of that with a child who um, likes to come over and play. And we had to pull one of our sons aside and just say, you know what, your brother, God gave you your brother first before he gave you that friend. And and as an older brother, especially, it's part of your responsibility to, one, stand up for your younger brother and two, pick him first. And so we can't allow those um, small little threads of um, sibling disrespect or um, I would even go so far as to say sibling bullying. You have to nip that in the bud because that is a seed that will grow out of control if you're not um, really proactive to, to deal yeah, I, with it right out of the gate. Well, exactly. And culture makes it makes it seem that it is inevitable that our children will fight, that they won't be close to one another, that they'll resent each other, that all of these things um, – but the fact of the matter is, and this is what we've always told our children, these are the the best friends that you were born with. God created you guys mm-hmm. to be best friends and put you in the same home for a reason. And and by really passing that value of the other person on while they're young, we have seen, like you said, where um, the olders will take up for the youngers in situations like you described. Um, you know, especially with my boys, I saw where some of Camden's friends would come over and just try to pick on Peyton because he was two years younger um, and just a lot smaller at that point in his life. And, you know, Camden would absolutely spring into action and kind of be that that go-between. And, and that was very 
it was telling for Peyton because he saw that he was valued, but it also was really a good thing for Camden to have to step up and be a leader in a situation like that, going against the flow. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you look in scripture, we see one of my most favorite sibling stories in scripture is when we see Andrew, who I would attribute uh, as, you know, one of the first missionaries. Mm-hmm. When he met the Lord, what did he do? He turned to his brother, Peter, and shared the gospel in his, you know, small, minuscule little way because he was so fresh in the faith himself, having just met Jesus. He ran to his brother to share the truth of Jesus with his brother because you have to assume their relationship was so valuable to each other. And that's what I want. I I would assume that's what every mother, every parent wants, that the sibling connections within the home are so um, tight and close that uh, first and foremost, they value each other and love each other so much. They want to um, share the gospel with each other and they want to uphold each other in the faith. That, that really is the, the goal I would, I would hope. Oh, absolutely. Well, did you, were there any specific things that you guys did while they were younger, very practical things? Um, you know, any ideas that you can pass off for those that are like, yes, I want that, but I don't know how, how to get there. For a lot of the families that I talk to, um, this is kind of a foreign concept because they grew up not with the best sibling relationships and they've always kind of assumed that that was normal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how would you tell them at whatever stage that they are to try to kind of overcome that to get to the way that God really intended it to be? Sure. Well, there's a couple of things that we did um, right from the start, and I'll get to those in a second. But I would imagine that some listeners are to the point where they they have older kids and they're just like, well, I didn't institute any of those things early Mm -hmm. on. So am I at a loss? Am I without hope? Is it just going to continue on in the state that it is right now? And I just want to encourage you if you're listening. um, I have some ideas for you too, but you're never without a loss. You know, God is a God of restoration and redemption and and really resurrection. So he can resurrect any relationship that seems so far gone and so dead. So take heart in that and don't be discouraged. Um, Early on, when my kids were little, I did not buy into this idea of everything has to be fair and equal. I think that's a a slippery slope for parents when you um, have to divide everything so equally. You're training your children to constantly be thinking about, well, am I getting my fair equal share? Am I, um, is, is mom or dad um, giving me less? Are they thinking of my sibling more? And you actually begin to plant seeds of pitting siblings against siblings when you constantly have this umbrella of fairness. And that's such a countercultural thing to say. I sound like the mean mom when I say that. But I think it just adds to the, does mom love me more or less than my sibling? Instead, I tried to cultivate this attitude, and I feel like you see it in Scripture, um, Philippians 2, 4 specifically, of considering the interest of others ahead of my own. So like if uh, if a child was playing with a train set, and that was his special toy, and he's playing with it, but his younger sibling wanted to play with it too, it's not, well, you have it for five minutes, and then I'll give it to him for five minutes. It's, okay, son 
consider the interest of others ahead of your own. Your younger brother wants to play with this train. How can we make this decision to be able to consider his interest ahead of your your interest? What decision can you make that would align with Philippians 2.4? And sometimes that meant sharing and playing it together. Sometimes it did mean, well, can I play with it for a few more minutes and then I'll pass it to him? So it wasn't just a equal share. You have it for five minutes. He has it for five minutes. It's let's go beyond that. You know, scripture talks about going the extra mile. What would be extra in this in this mm-hmm. instance? So I didn't focus so much on making everything fair and equal down the line. I actually, I hope that I passed on some of that responsibility to them at their, you know, whatever minute stage they were at, whatever they were capable of handling at those young ages, the toddler years of, of saying, yep, I will play with my younger brother or my older sister, or I will just give them this toy and go find something else. Well, and one of the things that they pick up out of that, which we are stealing from them, if we, you know, just play everything fair, you know, fair and square, like you were noting, is we are also giving them the joy of giving to others. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you put that, the ball in their court, so to speak, as far as, you know, how do we, how do you look out for the needs of your brother, then they are proactively caring for someone else. And that is instilling in them a love for people, a, a heart of giving that you're going to see play out over and over and over in the days ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and don't don't misunderstand me. My home was certainly filled with squabbles and sibling arguments still is because, like I said, this is the planting. These are the planting right. years. And so you're not going to see huge fruit and a bountiful harvest right now. But but I can tell you because I'm I'm in a season with some of my kids where I am seeing a harvest and mm-hmm. and it is wonderful. It took a lot of time and investment and it wasn't easy. And the, you know, the daily squabbles of siblings who don't get along were difficult. But I'd also say, especially for those of us whom homeschool, you know, it'd be so much easier to deposit my kids at the end of the road for the big yellow bus to pick up and drive away, leaving empty spaces, empty, quiet spaces behind. It would be crazy all the time. (laughs) Yes, that would be the easy thing. And they would be separated for much of the day. So I wouldn't have to hear the sibling squabbles and they wouldn't have to participate in it. But that's not really training them to be able to get along. That's just putting a Band-Aid on an otherwise gaping hole. And and so having them at home, allowing those um, arguments to ensue, it's not that sending them off to school is going to make those arguments disappear. It's actually just pushing them further and further under the surface. But having them at home actually exposes what is already in their heart. And then bringing it to the surface enough that it can be dealt with, that we can have some of those training opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I am uh, even farther down the road than you are. My oldest is 21 and my youngest is 14. So um, I've got three that are now, you know, in college doing their own thing and, and really, truly starting, not starting, really reaping the benefits, reaping the the fruit of spending that time when they were young, um, investing in those relationships, because it not only has made them so close that people comment about it on a regular basis, but it also has shaped them into people that look for the needs of others in other ways. And again, echoing back to what you said at the first, that started 
from a very young age right here within the home. Mm-hmm. And that's God's kindness to us and a kindness yep. to them, that he's giving no them question. an opportunity to to test the waters of relationships right now while the consequences are not so dire and while they're in a home of people who will love them regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, we're kind of in a weird situation right now in our country and probably all around the world where people are finding themselves all at home unexpectedly. They haven't, they didn't sign up for this. They haven't been doing it for long. So, you know, they, they may now be seeing sibling issues exposed that they hadn't noticed before because they weren't together as much as they are now. So what would you say to those? I know you, you alluded earlier to the fact that, that you had something to say to them and there is hope and God is so good and so gracious. Um, But why don't you unpack that a little bit for us too? Sure. Okay. Well, first I want to start with, um, always start with prayer. And Mm -hmm. don't just pray for your kids and their relationships, but encourage them to do the same. You know, if if you have a child who just seems to be, you know, two kids who just seem to be water and oil, pull them aside separately and remind them about the power of the Holy Spirit in their life and the life of their their sibling. And this can be a great teaching tool and a, a way to sharpen their faith to say, bring this to the Lord, bring it to the one who can actually meld your heart together with your sibling. Um, so really encourage them to pray. Scripture commands us to pray for our enemies. And one of the reasons is because your heart will naturally turn towards someone that you're praying for. Um, hmm. So prayer is a is a real healthy investment that they can make in the life of their sibling because the, the fallout from that prayer, the, the outcome, I should say, of that prayer will be that their heart will naturally turn towards that sibling. Um, so start with prayer, encourage them to pray. And then one thing that's been really helpful in my home is to talk about Matthew 6, 21 with my kids. So I have, um, I'll just say, and I've chatted with her about this, so I know that I can disclose this without embarrassing her. My oldest daughter is a very type A personality, as a lot of firstborns are. <laughs> And she thinks in black and white, she's kind of an introvert. And then she has a younger sibling that is the complete opposite of that. Um, he is a, an extrovert. He does not think in black and white. He's all over the place and, and very um, plan B, maybe even plan Z. So their personalities just in and of themselves naturally clash. He actually just adores her. And she just in her... Um, type A personality, it's a real struggle for her to understand him and to empathize with him. And I remember pulling her aside um, a few years ago and we started chatting about that. And and she's actually come to me on various instances and said, Mom, I just I really have a hard time loving him well because I just don't understand him or we just rub each other the wrong way. And so I reminded her of Matthew 6, 21, and I'm just going to read it really quick. It says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And mm-hmm. some people incorrectly assume that this verse is only referring to money. I think it, it does refer to money, but it's it's just referring to an investment. And investment comes in lots of different forms. So when you are praying for your sibling, when you are um, investing in their passions, maybe spending some of your time on them, maybe even spending some of your money on them, some of your thoughts on them, you're going to naturally begin to soften towards them. So when you spend time with that person, you can't help but form a special connection to them. 
So I encouraged her, you know, is there something that you can do with your brother that he really enjoys or something that you really enjoy that you would like to invite him into and teach him how to do it and form that natural connection through time and energy and investment and, and, and just start with that and see what happens. And so she did. She made a conscious effort of, I know it's really hard. We don't really get along, but I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and invite him into it. And over time, that investment of time has, has um, brought forth an increase. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts, you know. Um, some other ideas that I think have been helpful is, assigning my kids projects to do together. And that could look like um, one of the things we do in our house is uh, we do sibling chores together. Each of my kids have chores that they have to do individually, but they also have sibling chores where I match up an older sibling with a younger sibling. And, and that helps them learn to train other siblings and sort of pass down their knowledge. It also helps the, the younger sibling who might not know how to do that job well to be able to do it and feel like they're doing it successfully because they have the help of an older sibling. But inadvertently, the part that I don't tell them out loud is they're fostering sibling connections because they're spending time with each other and really relying on each other's skills to do this job. We volunteer for service projects together as siblings or even as families, because that anytime you serve with someone, you just naturally have this common goal, this common agenda. And that, again, draws you closer and closer together as you're trying to reach that common goal. And one more idea that I think has been helpful too is um, to keep a journal Encourage your kids to keep a sibling journal. And, and what I mean by that is just get a, a little spiral notebook or a cheap dollar store notebook and allow a sibling to write a quick message to that sibling that they're really struggling to get along with. And then they put it in a certain spot and that other sibling will pick it up and read it and write a message back. It allows them to have a place to say some hard things that they might not be comfortable saying out loud. Like you really hurt my feelings when you blah, blah, blah. Mm. It gives them a spot to, to put all those thoughts down. They really have to, you know, process those thoughts in order to write them down. It, it gives it a little bit more time and attention than just, you know, spouting off in anger with, yeah. you know, harsh words. Um, but then there's a little bit of safety in, in the, anonymity of it all. So it gives them a chance to say some things that maybe they wouldn't feel as comfortable saying out loud. And and you'd be surprised if you start with that, how they begin to grow more comfortable having conversations face to face. Hmm. That is, I've never heard that idea before. Um, it's it's really, really interesting. And, and I, I would imagine that kind of the other side of that not only are the ones that are doing the initial writing, as you were describing, learning how to process and not fly off the handle and, and actually express whatever in a very calm way. But it's not a way. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But it's also going to teach the other party some humility, how to accept things in humility. I'm sure that there are times when they had no idea that they had hurt the other one. Yeah. Um, so, how they can how they can make amends for stuff that they didn't even know they had done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's an awful lot of life lessons to be learned on both sides of that. That's a, that's really a great idea. 
Right. And you don't want to you don't want to have that be the end all. That's just a starting point. Eventually, the goal is that they can sit down and have a conversation together, one that is grace or um, laced with love and grace and and humility, one that can be open and honest without being pointed and um, accusatory. But but that's not going to happen overnight. So having a journal or something to that effect allows for just some some tiptoeing into the waters before you have to plunge deep in, you know, to the deep end of the pool. That's, yeah, so, so good. And this is such an important thing. Um, so we're out of time for right now, but I really, I thank you so much for sharing your heart on on all of this with those that are listening. I'm so thrilled to be here, Leslie. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, and before we go, I wanted you to tell us just a little bit. I know you have a book um, called Homeschool Bravely, and I just wanted to to give you a chance to tell everybody a little bit about that and where they can find it. Yeah, well, Homeschool Bravely was really birthed out of, you know, the fears that I had early on in my homeschool journey and how God really stepped into um, each one of those fears. And so I wrote them all down knowing that, you know, if I had those fears, chances are other Mm -hmm. homeschool moms did too. So I'm hoping that the book is just a kind of a rallying cry to moms to not let fear have the final say in their homeschool. We have a God who is brave enough to hold all of it and strong enough to hold it up. So um, you can find it at homeschoolbravely.com or really wherever books are sold. Well, that is awesome. I really encourage you to to look out for that. Um, Everyone go pick that up because we do all struggle with fears and fears can hold us back from following God's plan, from diving into the deep end and really getting involved the way that he would have us to do. And there is so much power in hearing someone else's story of a similar fear and how God worked through it. So I just really encourage you to check that out. Again, Jamie, thank you so, so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. And everybody else, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on-site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.